I remember meeting Tim Ferriss and Mike Geary and all these other guys were on a anti-terrorism combat trip that we went on. They wouldn't actually disclose the location, which was a problem. When I flew into the country, they asked you where you're staying. Yeah. And I didn't know the address. <laughs> so I'm in the line and I'm saying, well, what's the address of this place? Well, sir, we don't disclose the address. I'm like, you have to give me an address because they're not going to let me in the country. I got there that night, but earlier that night when they all arrived, they got ambushed on the way in. They, they got held hostage and captured and it was like amazing, this adventure. <laughs> this is James Schramko. Here we are, episode 1028 with Kerry Jack, the happy hustler. Good to see you here, mate. Yeah, man. I get flashbacks of my good mate Ezra Firestone, which I shared a podcast with for many years. He had a similar look, shall we say, like the beard, the, the <laughs> smile, the soulful nature. So I feel like I've known you forever. In reality, I've only known you for a few weeks. And, and that's yeah. a fascinating thing, isn't it, where you can have yeah. two people on a different trajectory they get introduced by our good friend mike hill i want to just acknowledge that mm-hmm. one out there yeah mike this guy mike absolute legend like a soul-filled guy he was pivotal in my online journey in 2008 and you know just a few weeks ago he said you have to meet this guy carrie you'll like each other so we we um <laughs> had a chat yeah and i went on your podcast which i really appreciate the happy hustler yeah. You got the website over there, thehappyhustle.com. Mm-hmm. And here you are on my podcast. And uh, I feel like we're going to be chatting back and forth for a long time. We've got so many things that, uh, that came up in our last conversation that I want to just perpetuate here. But first off, Carrie, uh, one thing we both have in common is uh, we've both done some acting. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I saw you, you've got these great show reels on your website at uh, thehappyhustle.com. And I was looking at, you've been in some pretty big commercials by the look of it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, I guess it's all relative, but I did have one foot in the entertainment industry for many years. Now I got like two toes. So it was a part of my life. I was at one point represented by like the top talent agencies in the world you know, getting big bucks to just be the token white guy on these commercials and, and, you know, smile and hold a Corona or hammer a, a nail for Home Depot or, you know, drive a Jeep or whatever, you know, it was, it was cool to do it. The cool thing about that industry and you know, is you work one day, but then SAG residuals will pay you over and over true passive income after the active part. And so that's like the beauty of that industry. Now, the bear of it is you get rejected all the time, which we talked about a little bit, but that, that is, you know, it's part of the game. It's part of uh, what forged me, I think as an entrepreneur too, just hearing no regularly in the entertainment industry and uh, being able to just keep on keeping on regardless. So yeah, but we have that in common. <laughs> so many lessons in, I think that's where I realized the class system is still in place in some bastions of society. <laughs> yeah, Right. It's like, yeah, the film that I was in, Muriel's Wedding, we had a, a nightclub scene and we were dancing in the nightclub scene. And so they had all these extras. They hired out a nightclub in, in Sydney. It was called Kinsella's. And for the scene, by the time we came in, everyone was already in place. All the extras were in there. They were, they were all there and, in the, and it's dead silent. So we're all actually dancing. They're like, okay, 
let's roll and everyone's dancing and there's no music. Oh, jeez. So like we're dancing in the dance club with absolutely no music. Awkward. And yeah, and but then they say cut and then you sit on your stool and then the, the people come up, they're brushing your face, they're, would you like some mm-hmm. water? And they're like just looking after you and then all the extras get herded out. Oh, yeah. Then you go, you go down and have your lunch and then after you're finished – then the extras are like, go for it. You get second grabs at it. Oh, yeah. Peasants, peasants. <laughs> they get treated like it. Oh, they were, and, you know, and they'll be doing it for very low rates and they don't get to speak and, and they're not yeah. title credited or anything. It was like really two tiers and it's a lot like life, isn't it? I think that people have figured out how to play life in a leveraged way and, and mm-hmm. have a different experience through life. So the two different levels in that room having a completely different experience based on how they've come into this uh, situation. Yeah. It seems like you've got some maps, so to speak, to sort of help people get a handle on life. I'd love if you can talk about this whole happy hustle balance. When I first heard that name from you, I, like, I have an immediate resistance to hustle. Mm. For me, it invokes a lot of emotions of grind, stress, more, yeah, a scale, you know, a lot of the negative connotations, but then it's balanced out with happy. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay with that. It's okay to be happy. Yeah. And I will be the first to acknowledge that my journey was anything but a happy, fun, blissful float across the clouds, right? It was all hustle in the beginning. Mm. And then I was able to dial in the, the happy. I think there's a whole culture where they forgot the happy. It's nowhere. Yeah. There's guys in their mid-40s. There's this guy, Andy, on Instagram. He's all, he's all jacked up in his 40s and he's screaming at people from the stage, you six-pack or you don't work for me. Uh, you know, you need to have sex every day or your partner's not interested in you. Mm-hmm. And then he fat shames someone, take your T-shirt off. How do you feel? I'm like, okay, that's not happy. That's not a happy hustle and not, not by that age. No. Why have you come at it from a different angle? How come you've got this soul in the hustle part? (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I do want to say I burnt out as an entrepreneur. And so I can resonate with just hustling and grinding and, you know, glorifying the grind in a sense, which I think that is an epidemic in and of itself, this burnout culture. But for me, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I actually had an interesting, you know, trajectory and we we don't have to get too deep into it, but you know, I was hustling in almost like the form that most people think, which is the illegal way. And so I I was actually doing things out of integrity, much to my demise, ended up getting in trouble by the law, went to jail, went to the whole thing. And I realized, okay, I need to completely hustle with integrity. So then from that like negative space, I went to a hustle hard with integrity, but just grind my face off similar to, you know, what is preached nowadays by some people that, you know, and I know. And when I was grinding in that capacity, working hundred plus hour weeks and just freaking burning the candle at both ends, man, I was so unhappy, so unfulfilled, but I was growing a tech company in New York city, you know, wearing the monkey suit and tie and getting after it and, Ended up having a lot of success, got, you know, seven figure VC funding deals, partnerships with Microsoft and IBM on the table. We had like this whole five year trajectory, big exit planned, like, but man, I was just smoked, so unhappy, so unfulfilled. So I ended up folding that company, moving to Bangkok, Thailand. And this was, you know, this is the abbreviated version, but I was 
so unhappy, so unfulfilled. I knew I needed to make a pivot. So I ended up moving to Bangkok, Thailand was like, fuck it. I'm out. You know, I'm just like, I got to do something different. So I went to Thailand, man. And that was where I really started to like put the happy in my hustle. As I said, you know, just not even thinking about it. It wasn't, the company wasn't formed or anything at that point, but really I just started to work and live in alignment more so. And uh, I actually made my first dollars online then too. Like I just did a you know, webinar and was like driving traffic to a, a simple course. And, you know, I started to make some money online while I had like this penthouse apartment for like 400 bucks, you know, living like a king, but very much on a budget. And so that's really where the happy hustle was born. And then fast forward, now we got the book and the podcasts and courses and masterminds and events. And it's all about helping really entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs put the happy in their everyday hustle and avoid burnout. I like it. So you're sort of meeting them at, at the hustle part and then saying, hey, yeah. you can be happy with this too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. And it, I like your, um, your top there. You've got the happy hustle shirt. Uniform, yeah, stay branded. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice, you know. I always look in the background as everyone does when you're doing any kind of video these days. You know, my whole business was audio only up until a few years ago. Like, my podcasts were just audio recorded, all my coaching calls were audio. I loved that, that era, it was the golden days, you know, it was on Skype. Yeah, I just use my phone, yeah, I could be sitting in my car at the beach waiting till the call finishes and then I'd be in the surf, but it's all finished now. It's all video. I know. You and I both have a katana. Yeah. Is there a special story behind that katana? I mean, I almost cut my finger off with that katana. (laughs) I I like to, uh, I like to chop fruit in my front yard. Fortunately, I don't have neighbors in Montana where I live, but when I did have neighbors and I would do my, my fruit slicing activities, the police would get called regularly. So that was always the story behind it. But no, I grew up training martial arts. I actually trained with a a Taoist priest and Kung Fu master from Wudong Mountain and uh, just really took to the Eastern philosophy, you know, the the Taoist way, the way of nature and harmony. You know, I've done all sorts of martial arts from jujitsu to Muay Thai to Krav Maga is my most favorite and most recent endeavor. But yeah, that's really where it stems from. I, I, I like weapons too, so. That's why it's up there. I know you're often out <laughs> in the woods hunting uh, yeah. with, with your friends and you take some, you take men into the wilderness on adventures. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, that's, that was unforeseen. I mean, I, I'm a, I grew up half in Red Lodge, Montana on my father's ranch, you know, camping, fishing, hunting, hiking, playing cowboy. And then my mom lived in Sarasota, Florida. So I was half surf and skate. So I'm like this, my friends will call me a hippie cowboy at times. So that's kind of what, what happened. But then I spent a lot of time out here in Montana and I had a lot of fellow entrepreneurs and, and, you know, friends just want to come out and, you know, get primal, go into the back country. And I was like, "Eh, there's just a lot of people who are like asking for the same thing, which is a little note for all the entrepreneurs out there listen to your market, even if it's not truly a business, quote unquote, at the time, but hear what people are asking you for the most of. And I was like, but man, everyone's trying to come camping, you know, and all these guys are entrepreneurs. Why don't I just do a mastermind in the wilderness? And now, you know, here we are going on, you know, three plus years of taking 15 high performing heart centered male entrepreneurs in the backcountry wilderness, 10 miles, for a five day completely off the grid business mastermind like nothing else. 
where, you know, you're digitally detoxing, you know, there's no service. So anyway, I take everyone's phones. We bring primitive survival experts. So you get to learn cool skills like building bow drill fires and shelter and, you know, how to purify water and snare game and shoot bone arrows and like navigate from the stars, like stuff we should know as men. Right. Uh, just in case. Right. And then we also teach fly fishing in the art and science of doing so, which is super meditative. We bring, you know, professional backcountry chefs to cook up delicious and nutritious eats. And all the while we mastermind personal and professional adversities and just have an amazing time. And literally a guy just around this last campfire uh, mastermind that we just did last month guy offered to buy another guy's business for 15 million bucks right there around the campfire. You know, so it's like those kind of deals are getting brokered around the campfire in the back country. You know, and it's just, it blows my mind. Guys will fly in on their private jets. I pick them up from the airport, you know, with, with the crew and they forget all about their bidets and comfy beds and they come out and camp out and get primal. And it's awesome, man. It's been a, it's been a blessing and I hope you come out for one in the future, man. It'd be awesome to have you. Yeah. I think I could do one of those. I mean, my, my version of that is taking people to the Maldives and surfing every day. Yeah. But you know, the guy that introduced us, Mike Hill, I've sat around the campfire with him in the Mexican desert when we did yeah. rally cars and, and also some of our other friends as well, like Mike Geary. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, true to that story or just sharing there, that changed my trajectory. It was in Mexico in 2009 where I was with these guys. They were all millionaires and I wasn't. Yeah. Like I was just just about uh, by then. The year before, 2008, you know, I was making $300,000 a year thereabouts as a, a package in my car job and I was also making $150,000 a year online. And I quit my car job when I matched my income with my online business. Mm. From then on for the rest of the year, I was doing six figures a month. But then we got around to 2009 and I said, hey guys, so around the campfire, I said, I've been asked to speak at an online event. What should I sell? And they said, sell an event, sell a, a workshop, like a week or two later at the same city. And I sold that from stage. And then I had a hundred and something people come to this thing. And it was a two-day event, right? I was pretty ambitious. Just think about 2009, where technology was. My promise to the audience was that you come along to my two-day event, even if you're a complete beginner, we will research an offer that you can sell. We'll join you up as an affiliate program. We'll buy you a domain, and then we'll build you a website to sell that mm. affiliate offer. And it'll be SEO ready, and uh, I'll host it for you for a year and they basically came in from scratch. Someone even brought their PC oh, and hooked it into the wall, right? Internet wasn't that great in Australia back then. It was very ambitious, but we had on day two, like lunchtime by day two, we had like over 100 people go live with their very first website. There is no way I would ever do that t- today. <laughs> it, was, it was such a big project. But the whole idea of this workshop was from this Mexican desert thing. It's where you... Yeah. And it, there was also a funny moment. I think it was... It was uh, Brad Fallon was there, Joe Polish was there, like all these legends at the time. Yeah. And someone, someone, Yannick, he said to me, Yannick Silver, he said, James, why do you come to events like this? I said, well, I, I come to events like this to meet guys like you. And uh, Brad Fallon looks across at me and goes, oh, I don't come on the event to meet people like you. It was half winding me <laughs> up, but it was like, you know, yeah. I knew I was in a really fortunate situation. Yeah, but I'd placed myself there. I'd flown to another country. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. You have to roll up the sleeves sometimes. You have to take a, uh, we would call it in Australia, a punt. 
or a bet. You'd have you have to bet on yourself sometimes. Yeah. So yes, yep. I think I will come to your forest and do the um do it Hunger Games. I think we'll be apocalypse ready <laughs> after that. Yeah, man. Yeah. In fact, I I remember meeting Tim Ferriss and Mike Geary and all these other guys were on a anti-terrorism combat trip that we went on somewhere in Phoenix. They wouldn't actually disclose the location, which was a problem. When I flew into the country, they asked you where you're staying. Yeah. And I didn't know the address. So I'm in the line <laughs> and I'm saying, well, what's the address of this place? Well, so we don't disclose the address. I'm like, you have to give me an address because they're not going to let me in the country. Uh, so I got the address and I was like, I got there that night, but earlier that night when they all arrived, they got ambushed on the way in. They, they got held hostage and captured and it was like amazing, this adventure. So I encourage <laughs> you out of, the, out of the normal adventures. Oh, yeah. Put yourself in a situation where you're not comfortable, yeah. where you have some adversity and you build that stoicism. I, I think that's wonderful what you're doing. Thank you, man. Yeah. And Mike's been on a bunch of them, by the way. Mike Geary comes like every year typically. So you'd be in good company. And just to your point real quick, I really believe masterminds are an entrepreneur's secret weapon. Like truly out of, if you look at all the things that catalyze success, it's being at masterminds with high-performing, like-minded individuals who can give you honest and real and raw feedback. That's the ticket. So I hope everyone takes that to heart. And even in a micro format. 100%. I live in a resort location and people come to visit here. I just had a, a friend come, who he's, he lives in Orange County and he was staying just a few suburbs down the road and we just had a coffee yesterday with another friend. Just in 45 minutes or an hour, we could have a high board rate exchange, right? Like we can really just get to the guts of it. Like what's working well for you for traffic? How are you pricing your offers? Who's buying your stuff? Who do you, who's your good promoter? Like you can find out so much information behind the scenes when you network with people, but it's going to happen more face-to-face yeah. if possible. Yep. I'm curious about your 10 alignments. Yeah. You've got this soul mapping and I think it's a good guide for someone who wants to say, oh, I like this character, this guy from the <laughs> woods with his bows and arrows and his lumberjack. Sure. What could he teach me to get me out of this toxic funk that I'm in? You know, I'm, I'm working too much. How do you prescribe these people? Yeah, well, it starts with an assessment. And any true change has to start with that awareness, in my opinion. You have to be aware of the problem in order to fix it, right? So, I mean, we didn't talk about this, James, but if you're feeling brave, I'll even put you on the spot and we can go through the assessment. You and I and everyone else listening and watching can go through it in addition. Are you feeling, uh, are you feeling froggy? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've, I've stated, uh, maybe it was in episode a thousand. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm going to be more vulnerable from now on. Like people are going to, they're going to see that this cyborg robot has got an emotional underlay. <laughs> uh, Because, you know, I think in the first few years of business, I just had to put on my armor. And I came from a very difficult industry where if you didn't put on your battle armor, you basically get slayed at the first battle and you're out. So learning how to take the armor off has been a challenge, but go for it. I'm Mm. I'm down for it. I can always scrap the recording anyway if I hate it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this is, I mean... This is just important for everybody to be vulnerable, but also keep it real with yourself. And it's self-quantified, right? So 
I'll ask you a series of questions. Everyone out there listening, watching, and, and James is going to take notes on his 10 different scores in these 10 different areas of life. You asked about the soul mapping system. Well, the soul mapping system is, a, is an acronym. It's your soul's map to the blissfully balanced promised land. And this was literally the, my own medicine that I took to get myself out of burnout and into a balanced state. And it really starts with the S. The S is, you know, selfless service. So we'll start there. And then I'll just ask you a series of questions of each. But we need to have a rubric in order to quantify us. Well, rubric. You know, in each of these. Oh, hey, hey, wait. Hey. New word alert. Not everyone's going to know what rubric means. It sounds like a great name for a puppy. A, a great, a grading scale. So a grading scale <laughs> is one to five. Okay. Five is like an A. You're crushing it. You're happy hustling in this particular alignment. One is like an F. You're failing. You need to prioritize change accordingly. And then uh, two, three, and four, you know, you can figure it out from there. So if there's 10, it's out of 50? Yes, correct. I'm ready all right, you're ready. So, and and here's the one thing I just want you guys to think about in the last 30 days. I don't want you to quantify yourself for the whole, you know, your whole life existence in each of these 10 areas because that's too difficult. We want to get a live update of where you're at currently right now in this moment for the last 30 days. Okay. Selfless service, really it stems from are you living for yourself or are you giving your time, your money, your expertise to causes and people that need it? And that's really the first question. I want you to give yourself an honest score. Five is you're volunteering regularly. You're giving your time, your money, your expertise. You're crushing it in selfless service. One is you've been so focused on your business and your family and nothing else. And you're really just living, you know, for your own personal gain and aspirations. So give yourself a a score in selfless service. Okay. Do you want me to say the score? It's up to you. Do you want to say them now or do you want to wait till the end? Uh, What do you think's best? Uh, Say it now. Let's just get after it. Yeah, I think I'm a three. Okay. All right. So three for self-service. So keep track of your score and everyone out there listening, please do yourself a solid and just be an active participant on this one. I promise you it will be beneficial. Yes. Okay. Oh, optimized health. Okay. Optimized health. I know you surf, you know, pretty much every day and you're getting after it, but like health is a priority. And especially when you don't have it, it becomes your number one priority. So Give yourself an honest score. Where are you at mentally, physically, and emotionally? Where do you feel in terms of optimized health? Five is you're like at the peak, the pinnacle. One is you've been shoving. Yeah, and I'm, a, I'm a five out of five there. I mean, I've, yeah. like I've got an aura ring. Yep. I do my Renfo scales. I'm doing DEXA scans. Love it. And I've lost 12 kilograms in the last three months. So that's like, if you multiply that by two point something, it's a lot of pounds. Yeah. Heck yeah. So Good for you, man. Yeah, I'm in better shape than I've been since the 20s. So Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. Well, let's keep on keeping on. Yep. And, you know, the cool thing is I have in my book, which, you know, we can get into deeper, a, like a happy hustle hack and a way to improve your score in each of these different areas. Actually, I have a, a specific acronym within the acronym. We don't have to go too deep on that now, but I just want everyone to get it on a score. So, that's, so it's an inception acronym. It's like, yeah, we're going super meta on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the computer. The acronym within the acronym within the acronym. I know. <laughs> Mind blowing. All right. You stands for unplugged digitally. Yeah. Unplugged digitally, meaning, you know, you are actually mitigating your tech usage and, and not letting your devices use you. You know. Yeah, that's a five for me. 
Okay, love that. Because I, yeah. you know, I go surfing. Yep. My wife sometimes is upset with me because I haven't responded to her message because <laughs> I left my phone plugged in another room. I don't have it in the bedroom. Like I'm awesome, fully in control of that. That's amazing. And a lot of people aren't. And I resonate with people. I'd say most people aren't. Most people aren't. They're glued to the thing. Yeah. If you go to a coffee shop, they're just on the phone and it's like, oh, it's actually sad. I, same when I, when I go to, I eat pretty much every meal with my wife. Yeah. We don't take the phone. Great. Like it's not part of the deal. Good. I mean, it's not even just a coffee shop, man. People driving are on their phones. <laughs> you know, it's like. Maybe not in Australia. We actually have cameras that look through the window and oh. send you a fine in the post if you're on the phone. Oh, good. Like it's automatic. Yeah, it's bad here, man. And I ride a motorcycle sometimes, you know, but I don't even want to take my bike out anymore because it's dangerous. People don't look. So thankfully, Montana is better than most places. But anyway, the point is you got to use your devices and really be intentional, like create barriers, you know, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes before bed at, at the minimum. Just don't touch your devices and, and really just be intentional. I like to do regular dopamine detoxes once a quarter where I'll do a seven day complete fast of all of it. And I'll just get so much done. It's, it blows my mind how much more money I make in that week too, without all the Netflix or podcasts or YouTube and all the distractions. So just give yourself a score here. On that thing, I, I wonder two things. One is I did a quote recently. It's something along the lines of that you only need to detox something if you've got a problem with it in the first place. Yeah. Maybe. And the second one is I do feel like this is a generational thing. Yeah. I'm probably a bit older than you. And- I was fortunate to grow up without tech mm-hmm. to a large extent. Like our games were very basic, the little joysticks right in front of the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were most of the time out on our BMX bike at night mm-hmm. until the streetlights come on. Like there was no way to phone Same. mum, call us and say, come home now or whatever. So I've noticed with my children that they have you know, different layers of tech. Like the my daughter the other day, we, were in, we went somewhere and she was looking across and there was a kid – she had a purple tablet of some kind. And uh, she said, Dad, what's that? I'm like, that's a tablet. She goes, I want one of those. Right? I'm like, you're not getting one uh, <laughs> just yet, right? Because I've seen what happens when you get too deep into it. I, I do feel like the earlier they start, the harder it is to get out of it. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's savage. It is. It is. And my wife's pregnant right now with our my first child, a little baby boy next month. Congratulations. Yeah. And that's a hot topic right now with kids and how to like manage screen time, dude. Um, Just don't do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It messes with them so bad. And especially in the first few years, it hurts their eyesight and their, oh, yeah. it messes up their brain. So yeah, huge on that. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, that's you unplugged digitally. So you should have three scores. Yep. Let's go to L, which is loving relationships, loving relationships. You know, what's it all for if you don't have love in your life? And you and I both know people, James, who like they have quote unquote success professionally, but personally their life is in shambles, yep. right? Like their wife doesn't love them. Their kids don't know them. Shit's just falling apart. And I don't ever want that. And I don't even want that for even my worst enemies, because that's like, and which I don't have any but it, it, the point is like it's just how could you have an enemy carry jack you're, well, you're the, the nicest guy i've ever spoken to i don't know man well thank you for that i appreciate that man. but you know uh, like i but, i don't know maybe there's some people who you know don't resonate regardless the point is i don't want that for them because it's a sad and unfulfilling state well don't, don't most people die from loneliness like it's a killer 
A hundred percent, man. And meaningful relationships is literally like one of the barometers, one of the metrics that people use in terms of longevity and, and benchmarking it. So it's really important that you have these meaningful relationships and actual love in your life, you know, with your significant other, then with your inner circle, like your, your, your friends and your family members. This is such an important one, man. So I, I hope everyone out there gives himself a score and, and can really assess where they're at. Five is your, you know, plentiful pleasure, lots of love. One is, eh, you're feeling pretty lonely and yeah, where you at? See, the thing in the, in the past, I had a lower score on this than I was happy with and I had to make significant changes in my life. Mm. And it was very difficult, very painful, yeah. but necessary. So now I'm happy to say it's a five, but it's it's only because I did something about it and it's, you know, it's a big one, right? Yeah. It's a massive one. Dude, I I love that you made the corrective measures to change your state. And and that's really what I hope for everyone, you know, that they can just gain awareness from this, even just this little assessment and then make pivots accordingly. So we have four scores. Now let's get into the mapping part. We got the soul part. Mapping. The M stands for mindful spirituality, mindful spirituality. You know, I don't really care one religion or another. I just think it's important that you have faith in something bigger than yourself and you just connect to a higher power, you know, via breath work or meditation or prayer, whatever it is for you, you know, but I just think it's a really important piece. So five is you're super connected. You feel very in touch with the divine or source or God or whoever one is, you don't at all feel connected and, and, uh, yeah, where you at with that one? I think I'm going to give myself a four for that. On the criteria you've mentioned, yep. I'm not like a super religious type. I'm not a God-driven person, uh, to the disappointment of others, actually. They judge me for it. <laughs> but I'm definitely I'm in, I'm in line with the breath work and getting in the ocean and yeah. watching whales jump and seeing dolphins. And I have a very strong intuition and knowing about things, mm. and I can sense I think I have a good empathy and sense for people's energy, Mm. but I can't really fully explain it. That's why I'm marking myself down a bit because I'm still learning about that. And I just bought a book actually that Mike Hill recommended that that will probably lean me more that way. Love it. Yeah. And that's the thing, like this is your own internal, you know, rubric, quote unquote, grading scale that you have to identify what a five actually means for you. Yeah. Right. And you have to be honest about it too, right? If you Exactly. If you lie to yourself with the scores, that you'll create no gap. Yeah. Like if you've got a perfect score, there's no gap and then yeah. therefore there's no growth. Exactly. Which means you're probably in stasis. Oh, love that. Well said. So the A stands for abundance financially. Abundance financially. You and I know as entrepreneurs, man, People love to give this one all the importance, but truly it's not like they're equally important. And that's how I look at them. But yes, you do need abundance financially if you want to be a happy hustler. And it's a piece to the puzzle. You know, are you saving, investing, spending wisely, right? That's a five. Maybe you're not exactly where you want to be, but you're on your journey to get there, right? One is you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're in debt and you're in fear of your finances, you know, and it's it's a little tight. It's a stress point. So where are you at in A? Uh, this is a, easily a five on this one. Love it. That's something I've done well with. Yep. For me, one of the measures is can you go to the supermarket and buy something and not worry if it'll clear when you tap the card? Yeah. I've lived like that now for a long time. Yeah. And- because I've also, because of my age, I've been through th- three financial crises and a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at building 
reserves and redundancies and accumulating wealth. But this is also one of those subjective things. If I was saying, oh, do I have $100 million in assets like a lot of these hustle ballers, yeah. then I'd say no. And they might, you know, this, this is the irony. Someone who has $50 million in liquid assets might mark themselves a two, right? Because they think they need to have a billion dollars. Yep. And I think that's a toxic cancer in a lot of the... So, and, and it shocks me sometimes. When I saw Warren oh, Buffett yeah. in a documentary say that he always felt that money's how he kept score. Mm. Well, he's only got one alignment on his chart, according to yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's fucked up. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> and I saw an Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, and he, he was about my age. He was like 52, and his mum passed away. And he said, well, who am I doing all this for now? I was doing everything to impress my mum. And I'm like, mm. holy shit. Imagine getting to my age and not doing something for yourself. Mm. So, yeah, this is, this is good. I'm enjoying yeah. this. You know what I call that, James? The more disease. And it really is a disease. You always want more, more money, more followers, more clients. And if you're not okay with what you have and grateful for it, you'll never be fulfilled. And it's a, it's a sad truth of reality. That's the thing I've been learning the most in the last few years is to be thankful for the things I already have. Yep. Because if you can do that, you're winning. Yeah, dude, so true. The part where I've had the more in the last few years is definitely my surfboards, right? I bought quite a lot of surfboards. I've sold a lot of surfboards. Part of that is I came from a buy and sell industry. Mm. Like if I want to sell a car to carry Jack, I need to buy the one he's got now, right? So you have to be a good buyer <laughs> and seller. Yeah. But that aside, like I actually enjoy learning about them and feeling them. But I actually got to the point where I think actually I've got, I've got enough now. And I said that to a friend of mine, Simon, he's a board hoarder. <laughs> and he said, bullshit, you can't have enough. I said, no, I've actually, I'm on the, I'm on the decline. I'm actually each year now I'm netting less than I'm acquiring and I'll actually reduce them down because I've found my 80, 20. Mm. He's like, you what? I'm like, don't worry. I'll explain it later. <laughs> like I've reached the point now where I, I'm actually, I look at the board, I, I'll hold it, I'll pick it up, put it under the arm, I'll surf it. And I'm like, I really appreciate this board. I like this board. I don't, yeah. I don't need to look at other boards. And I imagine that's probably where you need to be with things like your wife or, and I'm <laughs> even appreciating things like my cars more. Yeah. I'll always sell a car after two years and get another one generally. Yeah. But I feel like I could potentially own one a little bit longer if there's nothing that I need to change about. So I'm learning to love what I have more. Mm. It's a skill that I'm developing. Dude, so well said again. And that's like, I know it seems, you know, trivial in nature, but what James just said is profound. And I hope everyone resonates with that because that is, if you want to have more happiness, you just nailed it. You have to be grateful for what you have. And yes, you can strive for your dream reality and the materialistic items in it. But for me, it all comes down to my version of success, defining what that is. And for me, man, it's creative freedom, time freedom, and financial freedom, right? Like in having the, the three freedoms. <laughs> and if I don't have those, right, you know, then it doesn't matter. Like if I have all the money in the world, like I know people who strive to be a billionaire. Okay, that's great. Good for you. I want you to do what's good for you. But if you don't have the time to enjoy 
your son's soccer game or going to date night uninterrupted, stressing about, you know, the next merger and acquisition? Like, what kind of life is that, in my opinion? You know, and to each their own, but I'm on my soapbox now, you know, preaching, but regardless. Hey, I'm up there with you. Like, I said this to my wife yesterday. When we go to kindy and do the drop-off and the pick-up, we're the only couple. We're the only mum and dad who go and pick up. Mm. It's mostly mums, a couple of dads, but it's never the mum and dad. Yeah. And what a solid foundation. I love that. For our daughter, that is, you know. Yeah. I just wrote down stuff on my mind map here. Yeah. I, I do, I recalibrate my life like on a regular basis, probably every 12 weeks. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that sort of frequency. But I wrote here, Carrie Jack, I wrote fun, health, freedom, work where and when. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Travel. That's basically what I do. That's what I help people with. Yeah. I wrote down who I help. Yeah. What I'm helping them with. Yeah. Why I help them and how I help them. There you go. All on this piece of paper. But we've got a lot of uh, common interests here. Heck yeah, brother. Well, let's keep on, keep it on. So we got the next one, which is P, personal development. And anyone out there listening, if you're listening to this or watching it, you, you appreciate personal development. And I believe you're either growing and evolving or you're shrinking and dissolving. Those are your two choices, right? So for me, you know, like I have a 30, 30, 30 system that I just, I adhere to 30 minutes of reading in the morning, yep. 30 minutes of listening to something in the afternoon and 30 minutes of watching something in the evening, all inspirational and educational content, right? And that just ensures I'm growing, you know, 90 minutes a day but it hits the brain centers differently, right? Because I have these different forms to acquire the knowledge. And I do think there's this like issue right now where people are constantly acquiring so much knowledge and they're not actually implementing it. And so that I don't want you to be that person. If you're out there, like you need to apply the knowledge and skills do pay the bills. So acquire skills, but make sure you implement them. So give yourself an honest score in personal development. Five is your crushing it. One is not so much. I'm a, I'm a five on that one. Yeah, I figure. I mean, I read my first book when I was 12 about <laughs> nice. how to sell. It was Tom Hopkins, Master the Art of Selling, and it's it's on the bookshelf there. It's pretty dog-eared now, but Love it. I've got a sort of a, a 50-50 approach. You want to create as much as you consume. Yeah, there you go. You know, I would have said in the old days, I would have said create more than you consume. However, if you want to be a good writer, you need to read. If you want to make good videos, you have to watch videos. Yeah, that's how I'm okay with watching YouTube or Netflix or yeah, whatever these day or Prime because we need to understand what people are consuming and how they're consuming it in order to be able to message in the right modality or medium for them. Yep. And so I actually think my videos and my marketing are improving as I've paid more attention to what other people are doing. I used to just have my blinkers on and do my own thing. Right? Yeah. But I wasn't meeting much success with that. Yeah. But I think personal, I've always been interested in personal development, clearly. Yeah. And I mean, one of the best things that you can do, in my opinion, you know, Russell, I think mutual friend of ours, Brunson, and he, uh, you know, he talks about the dream 100, same with Dana Derricks, another friend of mine. Like that's one of the the things I like to do with social media. And this is a pro tip for anyone out there. Unfollow anyone else, but your dream 100. And then every time you get on social media, you're not just a consumer of just like, you know, watching cat videos. You're actually consuming videos of people who actually are your dream 100, which means they have your perfect customers, right? So the dream 100 should be made up of people who are already in front of and serving your perfect people. 
and you're basically doing market research every time you do, you know, get on the scroll, right? So it's a it's a a little pro tip when it is when it comes time to personal development. All right, let's keep moving. Passionate hobbies is the second P in mapping. Passionate hobbies, I find a lot of high performers lacking. Agree. And you are not one of them, you know, but I do know and you know a lot of people who like they put themselves last. They will take care of their family, take care of their kids, take care of their clients. But like when it comes time to doing fun things for themselves, it's like, oh, if it doesn't have ROI, I can't do it. Right. Or whatever. Guilt. They feel guilty. Guilty. Like I believe in guilt free fun. And I go fly fishing regularly, horseback riding. I got a playoff soccer game with the homies tonight. We're about to get after versus the Latinos. It's going down. You're about to have a kid, so that'll be interesting. Hey, he's going to be in a backpack coming hunting with me, so that's all good. Yeah. I see them down at the beach. I, I do this forest hike and walk along the beach yeah. to get to my favorite surf spot, and I saw a family down there with a little kid in the backpack. That's happening. You know, like at the same time, there's these tourists with walking sticks and all the gear. But there's this this family barefoot with a kid in a backpack and there's me with a surfboard. I'm thinking, yeah, that's hilarious. That's, I mean, yeah, different strokes for different folks, right? But anyway, passionate hobbies. I hope everyone takes stock of where they're at. Like, you know, and what's cool about passionate hobbies, and you and I know this, when you're doing them and you get away from your business and all the noise, you actually have time for breakthroughs and that creativity just flows. So give yourself a score in passionate hobbies. Five is you're crushing it. You prioritize them. You schedule them. One is not so much. You're failing. Where are you at? Five, man. I surf every day. It's, it's, um, I know, but you know, the most popular reel that I've ever made is the one where I say, go and have fun, play PlayStation, watch a movie during the day, go and uh, ride your bicycle. Like, and the other side benefit is when you're not in there manning the fort, you find out what the fort's actually doing. It either collapses <laughs> or you have to, it forces you to build systems and structures and have a team yeah. and to yeah. choose clients wisely. So I think having time away from the business is a huge benefit. Yeah. And I learned this through, through going away regularly yeah. and uh, to see what you've actually got. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right. But then we get to I, which is impactful work. Impactful work is. And I'm going to drop some cheesy buzzwords on you, but I I do think if I explain them a little further, they'll resonate. So, you know, you hear the terms passion and purpose often. Well, I believe passion is like that inward calling on your heartstrings, right? And then purpose is that outward serving mission, right? And then I believe you have to make a positive impact with your passion and purpose or else what's it all for? If you're exploiting the earth's resources or like doing so at you know, someone's negative expense. That's not really happy hustling. That's not really impactful work. So for me, it's really important to have those three different components attached. Okay. And, um, that is really, you know, when it comes to impactful work, I think a lot of people actually, they get caught up, you know, in the money grab phase, where they just put an offer out that they think will sell. And oftentimes it does sell. And then they have to fulfill on what they sold, which causes problem clients and a pain in the ass. And then they're unfulfilled and it's this vicious loop, right? (laughs) So I think it's really important to do a, a complete debrief of like, all right, really what problem do I feel called to solve? And this is from my friends at Brand Builders Group. And for me, the problem that I feel called to solve is imbalance. Now, who do I feel called to solve it for is purpose driven online entrepreneurs typically, right? But they have to be, you know, people who pass the beer test. And I think that's one of the most important tests for me, you know, is I'd actually have to want to get a beer with them. And then 
the other thing is what's my uniqueness in solving it, right? So it's like, if you answer those three questions, what problem do you feel called to solve? Who do you actually feel called to solve it for? And then what's your uniqueness in solving it? You can actually create a really great lighthouse for you to drive your business towards where you actually have impactful work at the end of the day. So anyway, where are you at in impactful work? I feel like it's going to be high. I think it's pretty high. Yeah. And again, just because of the evolution of my business after, to use a Perry Marshall term, peel and stick, like after changing my business models and morphing them over more than a decade, I feel like I'm in a pretty sweet spot. I'm only yeah. dealing with the cream now. Yep. So I'm going to give myself a five. I don't mean to be overrating myself here, but I, I feel like, I get daily emails from people. I get people crying and joy and stuff, and they're all indicators for me Yeah, that we're doing something good. Heck yeah, man. That's amazing. I love that. And then N, bringing it home with nature connection. Nature connection is, are you actually getting outside and enjoying this beautiful planet, but also protecting it and being a part of the solution? right? Being a conscious consumer, supporting B corporations with sustainable supply chains. Like that is a big piece. I actually have another company with my brother and business partner that I sit on the board of an investor in called Eco Breakthroughs that's fighting the plastic pollution epidemic and climate change. And and we invest in early stage uh, eco startups. And, you know, this is a big piece. Like that's more my moonshot. The Happy Hustle is a lifestyle business. But really, man, like Nature Connection, if you're feeling stressed or anxious or overwhelmed, like get outside more. I'm telling you, it's the remedy and you know it, but where you at in end nature connection. It's a five, man. I'm walking through the bush Woo-hoo! barefoot at least three days a week. Love it. Love it. And I live at a beach. Yeah. Like I'm drawn to the, everywhere around me is a national park. It's a blessing. I'd go with my friend, Rick Cowley. He's been on this show before. And I think you'd like him by the way. Yeah. And we just look around and just think this is unreal. This is unbelievable. Heck yeah, man. But, you know, to your other point about for the environment, it's amazing the education they're, they're giving kids. My daughter and I, yesterday she saw a little uh, bit of chip wrapper, uh, or crisps wrapper, I think you'd call it, in a little river uh, outside the kindy. And she said, look, someone's polluted it. It's going to poison the fish. Mm. You know, so, like, they're fully aware of it. Good. And I uh, also saw a video of Kelly Slater yesterday talking through his boards, but in the background was this really cool board bag, or they call it a coffin, which is pretty macabre. I zoomed in, I took a screenshot, zoomed in on the label, and I looked it up, and it's a, a really environmentally conscious manufacturer of these board bags. They pack away, they're made out of the right materials. And this guy's making flip-flops out of uh, algae and stuff. I, I've, Heck yeah. Well, that sounds like it's a, a good idea. Yeah. So I'm on board with that. I think I've pulled up at about 47 out of 50. So there's a bit of work Dude. to be done in the... In the um, no, you're crushing it. You're a happy hustler. And, and here's the thing. I want everyone out there to just add up their scores as James just did. And if you're 40 or above, congratulations, you're happy hustling. If you're 39 or below... Well, unfortunately, we got some work to do. And, you know, the cool thing is you can kind of see like where we need to prioritize change for you, James. It's okay. Selfless service. We need to just look at how we can serve our community more, where we can get involved. You know, maybe like I I have the acronym GIFT, you know, give insight, finances and time. If you can't give insight, give finances. If you can't give finances, give time. Right. And it really will increase your fulfillment drastically. But the one thing I do want to say just to tie a bow on this assessment is, and this is one of the like the happy hustle principles that I live by, is you have to give equal importance to each of these 10 different areas, but you must focus on one at a time. 
And see, the problem is most people, you know, when they're at work, they're thinking about their family. And when they're with their family, they're thinking about work and they're not doing either effective, right? They're not present and in the moment. And so that's really just something I want to, you know, leave all the, the listeners and viewers out there to just really think about being present. And, and when you are doing your passionate hobby, when you are meditating, when you are whatever, surfing, right? Whatever it is, like, you know, date nights, just be fully present. So, and I'm not perfect. I do want to say that I'm not the guru here. I just am the reporter of what's working. When I'm fully present, life is so much sweeter and it can be for you too. I don't know. I think you pull the expert off pretty well. Uh, (laughs) So your book, it's at uh, thehappyhustle.com forward slash book. Yep. We've been chatting with Carrie Jack. What a legend, mate. (laughs) We've only spoken a few times, but every time I, I come away from it with more energy than before I started. And that's actually not normal. I'm rarely uh, as excited or interested in, in being able to have these conversations. But Thank you, bro. you're on the right mission and I appreciate what you've been able to bring for our audience. Yeah, I don't know. That, that feels like the right emoticon <laughs> for today. So thank you for sharing. You can tell you're a podcast host because you're already wrapping it up. You're giving the takeaway for the audience. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all so smooth. Um, and I have a feeling you'll be back. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're watching this, listening to this episode and, you, and you'd like to hear more from Carrie Jack, then let me know so that we can schedule it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, brother. And, and uh, happy hunting, happy woods gathering and, uh, and <laughs> have a great rest of the day. Thank you, brother. And I just want to say, you absolutely crushed it on my show, the Happy Hustle Podcast too, man. So I would love to have you back anytime. And you're coming to talk to my private mastermind, the Happy Hustle Club. I can't wait to see you again and and share you with my inner circle of just, you know, studs. So I appreciate you, man, everything you're doing in the world and just honored to know you and, and looking forward to collaborating in the future. Thank you all too for watching and listening. Appreciate you all. Peace and love. Thank you. Cheers. This is James Schramko. 